Hello, friends, and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts Brothers Edition. It's got to be it. Uh, no one else from the site uh, could join the show with me, Mike, Mike Murphy. As you can tell, I'm very comfortable being the host with uh, this very smooth. This sort is smooth, like the belly of a seal just gliding across the ice. But yeah, no one, no one, uh, everyone apparently had things to do on Saturday. I, unsurprisingly, did not. And so I'm joined by a former Blue Shirt Banner contributor, uh, Connor Murphy. And nepotism, you know, benefactor. Yeah, you're, you're my lesser brother. Uh, Esteemed you, lesser brother. You and I once uh, hosted our own podcast about the then New York Riveters. And uh, that, so we have some experience podcasting together, but we've never talked Rangers into a microphone. No, we haven't. It's uh, it's long overdue, I would say. We've talked a lot of Rangers over the years, though. Not no microphone, not for the masses, but that changes tonight. It does. So tonight is the NHL Draft Lottery. We're recording this show on Saturday night, just before picks fifteen through four are announced, and the Rangers come into this lottery with a 6% chance of that first overall pick and Rasmus Dahlin. What a day it would be. You have, what is it? What is their chances so of second and third? Here's a, here's how it breaks down for the top three picks, uh, all three lottery picks that are up for grabs. Uh, the Rangers would have a 6% chance at getting the first overall pick. Rasmus Dahlin. Yes. Um, at the second overall pick, there's a 6.3% chance, so very marginal difference here. And the third per, uh, third pick would be 6.7%. So it it's not likely, but wow. It, it's got a chance. It's got a chance, Mike. It's more likely they get the first overall pick than it is you go to a bar and you take a knife between the ribs. Depends on what bar, but yes. Yeah, it would depend on the bar. That's, but, uh, that's fair. The most likely outcome for the Rangers tonight would be uh, that they finish at the 8th overall pick or the ninth overall pick. And this is according to uh, Micah Blake McCurdy on Twitter. He has a, a very nicely broken down. But the Rangers would have a, a 36.8% chance to retain their spot currently at 8th or to be leapfrogged by one team, and that would drop them to a 36% chance at ninth. So I think we're going to be uh, spending a little bit of time Looking at what uh what prospects fall into those ranges, better than a third. You're saying, yes, that they stay where they are, bump down one. Yes, that's pretty good. I mean, it's that's better than a better than a fourth percent chance. The Rangers only have a point four percent chance of falling outside the top ten, which is more just it's a nice round number to round off. It's usually like the the top seven or so is really the difference maker. Obviously, the top two and three. And in this draft, the, the first overall is the, the true difference maker for a team. So I want to immediately, I want to throw a wrench your way. That's good. Uh, we did very little preparation. Well, considering what Joe and I normally do for the show, this is like a, a gross, a profound amount of This is the Manhattan Project. Yeah. So the, we're uh, at Los Alamos. These are right the now. best minds with, <laughs> with spreadsheets and all sorts of things. Um, oh, man. We have two different microphones just in case one recording fails. Yep. Although, to be fair, you are very far away from our backup microphone. <laughs> you're, no, you're not too close from our uh, primary microphone. Yep. Um, again, we, we're doing our best. We but know what we're doing. I wanted to ask you, right, shooting from the hip, right from, off the hip. From the hip. I wonder if like, in an old old duel in the West, if like a, a petticoat ever caught fire when you shoot from the hip. Yeah. I wouldn't wear a petticoat. No, 
No, you, you wouldn't wear it. Well, you wouldn't go to the wrong bar and get a knife between the ribs. Right. Who would you like around that 8 9 range, Connor Murphy? 8 9. And why would people care what Connor Murphy has to say? Well, that, I have no rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> that's, very, that's a very good point. I would like uh, Oliver Wallstrom if he's available. The hands. He's, he's got hands. He's in the U.S. national development team. Uh, he's shown a lot of promise. He's part. He's he's the Swedish ancestry, but the American. But the American blood. The American liberty. Yes, exactly. He's he's got the 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 good of both, I suppose. But the American Viking. Yeah. He's he's clearly shown an ability to generate a lot of offense and a lot of very flashy and fun offense. Uh, Supposedly seems- has the best hands in the draft, and uh, players that have the Deeks and the Dangles are definitely eye catching. But like you said, he's also capable of producing. You know, putting up points and making things happen, and he's been a standout on that you know, the U.S. national development team. Yeah, and he's he's a forward who he can play center. He's also played some right wing. Uh, obviously, the Rangers have drafted. Going back to last year, they've got a couple of good center prospects now that we've seen a little bit in Anderson and Heedle. Uh, but another center wouldn't necessarily hurt. But a nice little versatility of he could play on the wing. He'd uh, he'd be valuable. So I, I like that. Also, if uh, if a Quinn Hughes is available around then, I like a Quinn Hughes on defense. You like the Quinn Hughes. I do like the Quinn Hughes. He's uh, a left-handed D. Yeah, and uh, a guy who's really climbed the ranks uh, over this past draft year would be Noah Dobson. What about Dr. Quinn Medicine Hughes? What do you like that? That's, uh, that's certainly a joke, Mike. Uh, and as far as uh, <laughs> Dobson, he's a righty. Righty D. He's which, big. Which we know is uh, good. He's he's really surged in the past year. How big is his Dobson guy? How big is he? He's six foot three currently. And then all these they're all babies. They're all babies. They could grow a little Who bit knows? more. Uh the weight could certainly be added on. With to. enough Flintstones vitamins, that kid could be six four, six eight, who knows? Especially if it's gummies, that's always a good incentive. Yeah, you want the, the gummies. Incentivize the vitamins. You don't want the, the talcum. No. It's bad talc. It's interesting you chose to do the hand chop thing. Yeah. For emphasis, and there's just going to be the sound of like flesh hitting hitting itself on, on, their, on their It's board. been a while. We talked about it. Rink yeah. Around the Roses is two years ago, where it's true. I'm, I'm getting back into the game. But who do you like around that area? I am definitely big on Wallstrom. Uh, not only because you'd have you'd, it markets itself, Wallstrom, Wall Street. Uh, he's a dangle boy. I'm sure. I, I think on the hierarchy of where you pick, you know, it's a best available player. And then positional need, and then uh, marketability with street names. I think it's third yeah. overall. In the well, to be fair, Wall Street is not just any street. It's yeah. uh, it's the center of capitalism in the, in the civilized world. And what better uh, microcosm of capitalism than the communist spread <laughs> NHL draft? <laughs> it all ties in. Yeah, you know, we can get into socio-political <laughs> things if you'd like. I mean, that's history majors. History majors. Joe and I have never done anything like that, but you know, this is our thing. Um, I'm one of. I feel like I'm one of those pie in the sky people who I just want Boquist to fall. It's a sweet pie. He's not going to fall. No, but that's a sweet pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is. I've heard things like Carlson clone. Um, if Carlson got chopped off a few inches, yeah, yes. If he got, if you, if you shaved him down, if you, mm-hmm. if you shave the man down, I, I find him to be really like in terms of, you know, if, if you don't get Darlene, but you get someone like him, it's an amazing like 
concession price. Uh, I, I, I also look at him as a right-handed D. The Rangers seem to be, with all these guys that picked up at the deadline, everyone's left-handed. Um, and so there's like 80% of this league is left-handed at times. Yeah, but, you know, the Rangers, uh, I feel like their big needs coming in this draft are wingers, especially like game-breaking wingers who can score. Um, and that's what guys like Svechnikov are and Zadina are, and that's why... It's so interesting. It's funny, before you mention Wallstrom in particular, um, because he's arguably the top-rated center prospect. Um, it's pretty, you know, it gets, it's mostly wingers and D. Yeah, there's not a lot of centers and not a lot of Canadians in the, yeah. uh, in the, top, in um, the top 10. And that's, that's kind of good news for the Rangers in particular, that this draft is so kind of heavy on those. Um, because, like we talked about, it's very likely they have that pick. Um, at eighth or ninth, um, and you know the difference between eight, eighth and ninth is not too tremendous. Um, you know, I have talked to some people that say it gets a little murky in terms of who they like where after that that eight eight spot. It gets a little little more unclear, but that's not terribly surprising. Um, but it, the good news is, like I was saying, the things that the Rangers need should be available at the eight spot, and there's there's even a chance that you know stuff will fall their way. Uh, I, I'm really encouraged about this draft because it's been a long time, uh, since the Rangers were involved in, in the lottery in any way, shape or form last year, last year, of course, the Rangers drafted Leah Sanderson, but that was the Arizona Coyotes pick. Yeah. That was an acquired pick. Yeah. It's been a long time since the Rangers were bad enough to have earned yeah. Uh, a we, chance in the top uh, 10. Forget what Arizona, I think, fell three spots or four spots, but yeah, John Chaka's face. Yes, they did fall. Through. Yeah. Uh, John Chaka's face, upon hearing that, was pretty great. It was just this kind of, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's like hearing uh, hyenas have stripped your car apart. Yeah. Well, that, that's his reaction, along with, you know, reactions from the past, if you've seen the, the lottery. It really highlights how this is a time when the fortunes of a team can kind of be made. You look at Toronto's won a draft lottery and they got Austin Matthews out of it and Winnipeg bumped up a spot and got a uh, Patrick Line and all of Edmonton and all of Edmonton and obviously down here for them. But then you look at the other side and you see teams that have missed generational talents because they lost on the lottery. You look at Buffalo who continues to be mired. Poor, in, uh, poor, Buffalo. poor Buffalo. You look at Arizona, you look at Vancouver, Vancouver's never owned the first overall pick it's this is an important day and uh if the rangers could be launched into the top three that expedites all of this rebuild talk and you know retooling talk if you can get a, a very high quality player just kind of fall into your lap that that changes the outlook of your team in the podcast recording that joe and i lost he said that it, the, if the nhl was smart they would rig this draft for the rangers because it would be good for the league Okay. And I wondered if Joe perhaps uh, was... I thought he might be Skull and Bones. He might be. Like, you know, he. if I said Skull and Bones to him... Is Joe cunning enough to be Skull and Bones? No. No. He would look good with a big ring that had a skull on it, though, because he's a big guy. Okay. And like, imagine a guy with big hands, getting mm-hmm. his hands on you. I've had dinner with a man. He's got a skull ring. Yeah. You don't want to see a guy with big hands with a skull ring get on you. No. That's not good. So currently, we're recording this live. We're waiting for uh, stuff to get started. You know, it's 
there's a lot, as, as Connor said, there's a lot on the line. Uh, I My biggest beef with all this is the spectacle it's become. I'm not a huge fan of the let's wait until the intermission to learn what the the top three picks are. Um, I, I didn't mind at all the, the amendment with that we saw in the last few years with the first three picks become up for grabs as opposed to just the first overall pick. I like that. Um, I, I like the disincentives to tank. I think, you know, teams, it's teams are still going to tank pretty much no matter what you do, because naturally your odds are still very good. If, if, you know, if you're last place in the standings, but I, I'm not, I, I don't like the, making us wait just t- tell tell people this is all this is all a lot of people have but you do like the lottery i do like the communism lottery yes do you like the i don't like the skull and bones the the point-based gold plan where uh it's your placement and drafting is determined by how many points you accrue after you're eliminated from the from, the, from playoff contention i don't know if i like that it's it's something that i've given some thought to it it's intriguing i think so let's say a team, a real bad team, it's eliminated, let's say with like 10 games left. They have 10 games to accrue as many points as possible. And if they finish with the most points post their elimination, then that determines who gets the pick. So it incentivizes trying to win still and avoids this whole tanking fiasco if you're anti-tanking. So let's say like the like the Florida Panthers went into the last moment this year. Sure. They, they would have zero or one game to to accrue points what about a hog race i i I like a hog race i just like a hog race so i don't know if i need that to determine just the length of a football field okay but a hog race does each team get to pick the hog yeah each each team spends an an inordinate amount of time raising three years to rear a hog yeah Yeah, that's good you know the pita people will be all over that though well none of the hogs are eaten (laughs) they're very special uh we're seeing now in the draft lottery show the lockbox? There's a there's some sort of a lockbox with a man with a gold tie named Scott Clark. He's walking through a very clearly uh, barren hallway system. And let's take our first look at you. What's Gordon wearing today? It looks like a dark suit with a blue tie. And a grimace. And a grimace. Always wearing a grimace. That That's man. not uncommon for for Jeff. He's built like a like a like a like an earth mover. Yeah. The face. Well, Jeff Gordon always has. He could he could be watching his child to take its very first steps, and there'd still be like forehead wrinkles on yeah. his face. I imagine that if concern. every time Jeff Gordon opens his mouth, there's residual gravel from the construction site that he was just working on. Oh wow! Like a backhoe. Yeah, like when he when he comes home, he kicks off his boots, and there's about eight pounds of gravel and, and dirt. Yeah, but we're we're getting a look at that, the board. Six percent Rangers. To get the first. Poor Buffalo. Ahead of the Rangers, Chicago, 6.5. Vancouver, 7.5. Detroit, 8.5. And everyone else had higher. Yes. I said that. I did that that way because the uh, the graphic that was on the screen went away. <laughs> I, meanwhile, I have the numbers. You can just I don't want to know. I don't want to know the numbers. That's fine. You're not a numbers guy. Never been a big numbers guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I I'm very curious to see what happens. Of course, what was the thing you were telling? The Islanders have a chance to to get two in yes. the lottery because, because of the Hamannick deal. Yes, the Travis Hamannick deal that sent uh, Hamannick, obviously, to Calgary. Uh, part of that deal was an unprotected lottery pick from Calgary back to Long Island. And as we know, Calgary thought that they were going to be in playoff contention, that they were 
they were a competitor this year and they fell apart. And so their pick uh, is now lottery viable. And since the Islanders own that, it is a minuscule chance. It is very slim that the Islanders would have both their original lottery pick and the one that they acquired from Calgary both launch into the top three. But the fact that that's even possible is just, it borders on Greek tragedy, Mike. It, it's, uh, Greek tragedy. It, would, it would ruin. It would ruin a lot of good things about this world that we've tried to build up since the dawn of man. I was talking to Joe a little bit about this. Uh, Brady Kachuk feels like he's a player that people really like at four, or some people think is going to be a guy who could be available around eight or nine. And the reason being, he feels like a a player kind of from a bygone age. He's the big power forward um, who excels at pissing people off. Yeah, he's got hands. He does have hands. Um, I was listening to some stuff today in preparation for this, and you know, reading stuff beforehand, obviously about you know how Kachuk is a guy who he is. He has the skill set to be on a power play and play on the half boards, and mm-hmm. you know, move. He can very good at moving the puck around the net but you know i i look at him as kind of a guy who i would be perfectly content if the rangers got someone of kachuk's pedigree and everything like that but at eight or nine but it feels like there might be guys who have just higher ceilings yes and a better chance of being a franchise like changing the course of a franchise in terms of wingers and I think that's the big thing here. We touched on this already a little bit, but the wingers in this draft early. Oh, boy. Yes. We, we, uh, Andrei Svechnikov would. Who do you like more, Svechnikov or Zadina? Yeah, well, here. And I not, like. It's not a factor that one of them sounds like a perfect supervillain name. Yes. Zadina. Svechnikov is pretty good, too. But that's just Zadina. I, I like Philip Zadina because I like the Czechs. I like that he's a shooty Magoo, and I like that he really had a great World Juniors. But if if the Rangers were to get the second overall pick, nine times out of ten, I'd say that they would pick Andrei Svechnikov. Who would you take, Connor Murphy, former Blue Shirt Banner heart, contributor? The heart, the former Blue Shirt Banner contributor. Uh, the heart says Zadina. Everything else says Svechnikov. What does the body say? Uh, Svechnikov, if it's everything else. The body yearns. The body yearns. It aches. Just ellipses. There's a there's a void that comes with the body yearning oh. that cannot be sated by any of these top three picks. That's fair. Yeah. I like that. Uh, it's a tough pick between. I know that there was some talk about just how good Svechnikov is, and the other thing that's interesting about them that they're both big boys. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk about Zadina's has just outstanding. His game is really balanced. He's not just an offensive force. But I've heard that these two guys in particular probably have the two best shots in the draft. And Svechnikov skating is phenomenal. Yeah. From it, everything I've seen and read and heard. It's already approaching NHL elite uh, status from, from what we've heard. And that, in the modern game, a big guy who can play wing, do all that, there's, a, there's plenty of reasons. They're moving the lockbox, Connor. Oh, my God. What sort of lock do you think? It's got to be a master lock, right? You can't go off-brand with the lock. You can't go off-brand. Does Canada have master lock? Yeah, I mean, again, they got I'd imagine. Lock. Are master locks made in USA? Born and raised, probably. Proud, They're totally probably made out of U.S. steel, I'd imagine. 
classy move seeing uh, all the GMs with the Humboldt Broncos uh, tribute ribbons. Mm-hmm. And, of course, every every GM looking profoundly uncomfortable on their little stool. But here we are. 15. It should be Florida. It should be Florida. And if it was not, a 1%. It's Florida. It's Florida. Oh, my Christ. Who would have thought, other Shit. than all of mathematical probability, it was indeed Shit. Florida? What about 14? Who do we have 14? It should be... It should be uh, Philly. Philly from... By, by way of St. Louis. Philly by way of St. Louis. So let's see. It is Philly by way of St. Louis. Oh, my God. It is Philly. I got to say, this might be the most riveting segment of podcast and podcasting history. You know what? Us. In the podcast Joe and I lost, I said, yeah. I wonder what they do with these tiles after. I would put them on a bathroom I floor. I want to frame them. Put them on a bathroom floor. If They should make them out of ceramic. Yeah. 13. Let's see. 13. It is indeed Dallas. So Dallas. Through the, through three the first three. three picks, there's no, oh, Peverly's there's no uh, lottery pick selection. This is where it gets interesting, though. Yeah. This, this is, is the, the Islanders. Islanders by way of Calgary. Yeah. Their first, uh, the first spot they're supposed to have. But let's see what happens. Yeah. They stay with the Islanders here. So as of right now, the, the nightmare scenario of the Islanders having two lottery picks is now over. But we'll see very shortly if they still are able to sneak sneak into the yeah, top we're, three. We're, we're, we're now at pick 11, which should be Carolina. We're closing in on Rangers territory. But Carolina has won a lottery pick. Carolina's won a lottery pick because the Islanders are picking at 11. Imagine. Islanders will have back-to-back picks in the 2018 draft at 11 and 12. Carolina Hurricanes. If the Carolina Hurricanes, let's do quick theory. Quick Imagine theory. if they win Imagine if they and they win. get Darlene, that blue line. That'd be pretty good. It'd be beautiful. Coming up at ten, the Edmonton Oilers. It's the Ed- they don't win the lottery. They don't, and yet here come the New York Rangers, and this is what this podcast is all about. Uh, I need a bucket to throw up into, Connor. Yep. So the Rangers just will- hold out your hands, make a cup with your hands. It's already there. They will pick nine, one, two, or three. Oh, the New York Rangers. Don't do it. Will be the picking Rangers ninth. are picking ninth. They do not win a lottery ball, and. Uh, that's just a big old bummer. Gorton nods solemnly, and now the Rangers we know are taking nine, uh, and I guess we'll see who's going eight. And that's Chicago. Chicago. There is still balance and right in the world. Chicago will sure. not be in the top three. Now this is what you root for. I hope Vancouver gets into a lottery pick. They've been, they've just been stolen. They've been they've been victims for a long time, but they remain. They it's, a, remain it's an indifferent uh, universe, Michael. Uh, hockey guys are cruel. Hockey guys are cruel. So yeah. Vancouver's taking seven, Chicago eight, the Rangers nine, Edmonton ten. Carolina so far is the only team to win a lottery ball. Coming up at six here, and we have Detroit with just a a grumpy man. I didn't get to see who that was, but. Is it Ken Holland? Is that what Ken Holland looks like? I, I'm I've like face blindness or whatever. Yeah, I got you. Montreal at the five spot. Montreal wins a lottery pick. Montreal wins a lottery pick. That's great because the GM like Bergeron's going to do a great job. So again, Arizona falls, which is just a tale as old as time. Bergeron not looking nearly as classy as he has in Did the I past. Did I say Bergeron? You might have. I meant Bergevin because he's terrible. Bergeron's pretty great. I love Patrice Bergeron. 
Oh, the Ottawa boy. Senators. Let's see. Should be placed here after losing two spots due to lottery picks. It is. And indeed they are. Ottawa at the Forzy McGorzy. And so we know everything we're going to know, which means we don't have to record the part of the show where we see what the hell is going to happen. That's right. Buffalo is uh, stays in the, the, top three. the top three. They're joined by Montreal and Carolina. Uh, for those of you listening to the show, you'll, of course, know uh, by the time you hear this, which of those three teams ended with the first pick. Connor? Michael. The ninth pick. Ninth overall pick. You like Dobson. I like Dobson. If there's there's no way in my mind that that a Wallstrom or a Hughes will will still be around at that spot. What if we put out a slander campaign? Uh, we could. I'm not against the smear campaign we here. Have the power of the New York media. We do. Uh, and a former Blue Shirt Banner contributor. It really has a lot of clout. But around that area... He's I selling he's Eli Manning scandal. He's right there. Selling autographs. That's that's the entire depth of your football knowledge, isn't it, Michael? I know the Giants got a running back. That's right. Take from, one. from Penn State University, which is the Nittany Lions. Yes. Navy blue and white. That's just collegiate, though. That's not necessarily football. No, it's not football. Yeah. But uh, around so around the spot, let's uh, want to take a brief look at uh, at this. Is, this is Eli. Is that Elijah Manning? You know, I've never thought of that. Elijah or Elias. I'm going to do some quick research. Well, this is what the folks want to know. This is this is what everybody needs to What's know. What's his full name? I want to know what Eli's full name is. Eli Manning's birth name is Elisha. Elisha. Eli. Anyway, back That's to it. the back, back to hockey. Back to hockey's. So. I already feel like I know what yours is probably Dobson. I like Noah Dobson. Yeah, out of um, Acadie Bathurst in the QMJHL. He's a right-handed D. Big. Checks off that box. Right-hand, two-way. Rangers need help on the blue line, desperately. You draft talent first and then positional need. I think at that spot, he fits right into that window. Mm. And so I think that he would address both. I don't know enough about Joel Farabee. From, uh, also in that yeah, range, from, from the U.S. Listening uh, and watching and reading things, Farabee feels like he's a guy who is often getting kind of overlooked and underhyped. But the, the feeling is that a lot of people would be really satisfied with it if they ended up with him. Um, I don't know as much about him as I know about a lot of the other prospects in the draft, but I do know, you know, he is another winger. Um, where, where was he? You're supposed to be... Clicking on sheets, pulling pulling things up. Yeah, what 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 information would you like? Tell to me know? everything we know about Faraby. Joel Faraby. Okay, well he was also part of the U.S. national development team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Plays that left wing, lefty shot from Cicero, New York. He's a New York boy. That that changes things potentially. It shouldn't, but it might. Uh, six footer, one hundred sixty eight. Again, all these all these are younglings. They all have room to grow. But uh, he's committed to Boston it's University. Killing it seems. younglings. Killing younglings. Maybe that's the slander campaign we put out on Wallstrom. Uh, it, it, he's that killing might have younglings. Some pull. That might have some pull. I don't think that would fly very well in this uh, in this political environment. Uh, but in 60 games for the uh, U.S. Uh, national uh, under-18 team, he was captain, I'll have you know. They want character guys in New York. That's a character guy. Uh, 60 games. This is according to uh, EliteProspects.com. Uh, 60 games. Put up 33 goals and 74 points. 
So uh, the man obviously knows his way around a, an offensive zone. He's got a Pokemon kind of last name, Faraby. He does. So I'm not I'm not convinced that that's exactly what the Rangers need with a Pokemon. Uh, and a couple other names that have been floated around in that area. What about Hughes? Hughes could be there. He could. That's a, that's a hopeful, I'd imagine. I feel like he would well, probably be What there. else can you do at nine but hope? Well, we did hope, and they got stuck at nine. The Rangers dropped today, is what they did. I know that. I don't want... The people don't want to hear about that. The people that. don't want to hear, but the people got to know. Why are you telling the people about sad things? But uh, Evan Bouchard would be an interesting uh, person there. I don't um, like it. it. makes me think of Joel Bouchard. All right. Next, uh, next guy. No more information needed. Uh, sorry, Evan Bouchard. You would not be welcome. Uh, but for those of you who would be uh, interested, another righty D. Played for London Knights. Uh, six foot two. And again, uh, another all-around defenseman. And a Canadian, Canadian. Which we talked about. There's real no, not a lot of Canadians in that top fifteen. Yeah, and at the um, at the mid mid year rankings uh, that Bob McKenzie did for TSN, Evan Bouchard was the top Canadian prospect according to to Bobo, uh, Uncle Bob, and and the scouts there. And he was put, I believe, in his ranking at eight. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure. So he would fit the bill at around that area. Another D, another righty. And uh, something for the Rangers to look at. Let me ask you this. This no. is kind of just a... Okay. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, we'll move on. Um, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that because of all the attention on Darlene, that potentially there was less of a spotlight on these other D, the guys like Boquist, the guys like Hughes and Dobson? Or like a Bowie Wild. Wild. Yeah, you know, because all year long, there, it's, there's been there's not even a shadow of a doubt that this is the Darlene draft. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that in any way created, you know, uh, an environment where the other D, you know, were maybe, maybe didn't get as enough attention as they deserve. Uh, I mean, that's certainly a possibility, right? Uh, Anna Boakvist started the year, uh, pretty highly touted, uh, but uh, a nice push by Zadina really vaulted him into the into the conversation for for the top three and that's another forward this is a very strong draft on the wing as we mentioned not very strong down the middle and there there are a lot of d prospects who are good but i feel like after after darlene and bokvist uh there's really it's up in the air i think quinn hughes is he's, he's set you know he's set himself up to to be picked rather highly but as far as that middle area between, you know, you have your Bodie Wilds, you have having Bouchards, and then you keep going down uh, the list there of that nebulous area between, let's say, like a like an eleventh overall and like a sixteenth overall. There's there's players that could go that aren't reaches, but they're certainly not concrete in that spot. I don't know enough about how other, you know, how experts have looked at, you know, maybe the the Darlene effect will say on how we look at these other defensemen, but it's a pretty deep draft going down on the blue line and the wings. So at nine where the Rangers are slated to pick, there's always a chance that the Rangers trade. We, we can say that they have a lot at their disposal, but with this being the, what we know now, what we know today about the draft lottery and where they currently stand, there are good options for the Rangers here. Uh, that's what it looks like. They, I mean, it's it's not good news for Rangers fans that they're at nine. I mean, the great news would have been that they won one of those top three picks. Um, 
And, you know, at the beginning of the show, I'm pretty sure I said there's not a huge difference between picking eight and nine, but it could potentially be the difference between, you know, getting the guy you you were like, you feel like, oh, this guy, I can't believe he's still here on the board. And all right, this is this is kind of the best player available. Um, I feel like this is still within the wheelhouse of that kind of happy middle ground between you take the best player available on the board. And that also coincides with what what is going to be a team need for the Rangers, because the likelihood that there's going to be a D with a lot of potential to be, you know, a, a, you know, a top pairing kind of a guy is there. And the same is true in terms of a winger who can be a top six winger. Um, and, you know, the, the centers are there, but like like we talked about at the beginning of the show with Anderson and Heedle. And of course, you know Hayes is relatively young. Zabinajad is still very young. Um, there's no there's no pressing need for centers right now in the system. Yeah. So all things considered equal, let's say it's a it's a winger. Let's say it's a, a B plus winger and a B plus defenseman. What would you prefer the Rangers to pick? A B plus winger or a B plus defenseman? Yes. Uh, if the defenseman plays the right side, it's um, a very nice corollary to my question. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I, I I would probably lean towards a winger because I've really yeah. I've the more more I've kind of looked at what is in the prospect pool. Oh, maybe the best way to answer that question is with another question. You see what I did? A very nice deflection. Which is the Rangers have all these other picks. What does the depth of the draft look like for those later picks, and particularly in the second round? Um, you know, is there an opportunity to find guys? Because we know about guys like Merkley, um, you know, who can be had late, who is, you know, supposedly a top five skill guy, but he's got some character issues. Yes. Um, and I know Joe's re- pretty big on him in particular. Uh, and that might be the sort of prospect that, that a lot of teams are, you know, 10 foot pole they want to stay away with. But the Rangers have, uh, I would say they have a very healthy track record of saying we can fix people. Um, and that was true in the Sailor era, and you know we can see a little bit of a continuation of that in regards to D'Angelo. They, you know, they prioritize, you know, skill and the, you know, what the influence of the franchise and what it means to be a Ranger, being kind of a positive force and bringing out the best and and guys. But on the other hand, we've heard we want character guys. Yes. Um, uh, I I don't know what what that means in terms of whether or not they're going to avoid a guy like Merkley or not. But, I mean, whatever team gets him late is going to be pretty pretty pleased. Uh, to go back to your to your question to answer it fairly, I say winger. Um, I, I, I say that mostly because I don't think there's a lot there uh, in, in the prospect pool for the Rangers and among who they have now. There's no... I, I'm also one of the people who feels like Heedle... Is it's it's a like fifty fifty to me that he ends up playing wing in the NHL, um, especially if he's on the team next season. I know that that's just kind of a gut feeling. You know, it's, it's very hard to predict what happens with guys like that. But you know, I I know and I know that they they liked playing him at center at the end of the season, at the end of you know this past season. But it feels like Anderson is the guy that is kind of very cut cleanly for that being the young guy in that third line role. Mm-hmm. And uh, Heedle feels like a guy who you could very comfortably 
say, you know, we know you can play center, but what do you think about something like developing it into a top six winger with a guy who can take shifts at center? But um, yeah, yeah, you, you want players to play a position that is conducive to them reaching their top potential. That's fair. I, I think is the that's that's my opinion on the matter. But do you like Dominic Bach? I like Dominic Bach. I like a German. Yeah, uh, yeah, so there's always like that. Uh, he's an interesting case playing in the Swedish uh, second league, I believe, right, for uh, the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, realized that he wasn't going to reach his potential in Germany, but he's a, he's a guy who showed off a lot this year. And in that middle part of the draft, there's a lot of defensemen that the Rangers can look at. So when you talked about, you know, sure, the Rangers own the, you know, they're sitting in the top 10 still, but they also have potential for other picks and later picks even within this first round there are certainly some some players that they could take a look at that would uh be nice contributors for what might not be an elite kind of maybe like a first pair guy top six guy but a player that will make a difference to this team and that's something that we'll uh, we'll find out at the draft especially if there are some trades uh, as has been spoken about uh, in this in this upcoming draft for the New York Rangers. Gut reaction. Gut reaction. Do you think the results of this lottery will in any way influence whether or not the Rangers make a trade on draft day to move up? Yes. And I will say that I was rather convinced that the Rangers are going to be making trades regardless of what the outcome was. Okay. If the Rangers won a lottery pick, I felt like that might... Maybe uh, put put less of a fire under the butts of the the front office. Okay. But now that they know they're not going to get like a generational talent, they know they're not going to get uh, an absolute guaranteed game changer as you would expect in the top two or top three. Yeah, there's a very might... good chance they they end up getting a guy who's simply not an NHL ready guy. Yeah, a, um, a two year, three year project guy or a guy who. Yeah, this is. Picking later than where Smith, they got Leah Sanderson. Yeah. Yes. Although Bouchard's points were pretty crazy. Uh, like I, I mean, said, he does remind me of Joel Bouchard because of that name, but he had pretty great point totals. Yeah. There, there are players who should contribute based on what we've seen in junior, uh, but you, you never know. And the only guarantees are really in the, in the top two or top three. So I think that with the Rangers not you know, benefiting from having that kind of safety netting of, all right, well, we got a guy who we know is going to be a game changer. We got to go find one. And if that's through trading at the draft, I feel like that's that's a likely scenario that can develop. This We did this on the podcast we lost, but I want to ask you this because it's fun. Sure. What is your over-under? Over-under. On the number of forwards, the Rangers, the, I'll just say the number of skaters, the Rangers trade, on or before draft day, over under 2.5. That was I, I wanted that to be the number. I wanted 2.5. On draft day proper. Before or on? Before or on. Uh, that's a tricky one, Mike. That's tricky? It's, it's those hundreds of podcasts I'm, of experience speaking. Yeah, here. I'm going to say... Yeah, I'm going to take the, the under. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I don't feel confident in that under, but I'm going to take the under. Joe... Is uh, confident. It's Spooner and Nemestikov's gone. One of them. Yes. And I feel like that's not. I feel like one or the other is a little bit more likely. Yeah. That's what. I, yeah. It's kind of A or B. One of them's going to end up gone. Now, I wouldn't be stunned if both go. 
I wouldn't be stumped. What about but Cinderella, I would, Connor? Well, that that's that's the light of my life, Con Mike. Yeah. That there's no more. There's no more good in the world. I would say. Does Norway still have a king? I'm sorry. Does Norway still have a king? I think so. I think they might. Pretty sure Sweden does. We'll get back to you. Folks. Bad Nordic knowledge. Bad Nordic knowledge there. But I would, I. Yes, on Nemesnikov and or Spooner, Zuccarello makes a lot of sense to trade. He does uh, when you when you remove your heart from it when you when you cut the which is what it would be it would be removing yeah, my heart. It's a very it's very apt uh, yeah. to put it put it as such. Yeah. Uh, I, what, I, what, what, what kind of return do you feel like you could get with a with a Matt Zuccarello? That's the real tough question. Thirty uh, years old. Yeah, the, it's it's end of contract. Just the one year, good money um, for good value. I the thing say. is, he puts up numbers like you know that are comparable to every in terms of just productive wingers in the NHL. He's he's right up there with the top twenty or so, which means he's undeniably a top six winger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if you're a team that's thinks you're maybe a top six winger away from being a cup contender, and you're telling yourself. We'd rather have a top six winger today than the number 12 pick or something of that nature, you know, or let's say the number 16 pick, like that's something you have to entertain. Um, But there's no way we'll know. It's something Shane and I have been working on and talking about a lot is it's a very limited history of moving up radically in the draft. And when it does happen, it's very, it's very rare that a guy like a Zuccarello was involved. Yes. Um, and it's always, it's almost always you, you use a player or a young prospect, um, or kind of an established guy who has, you know, term left on the contract from what I remember. I might be way off, but the idea is you use him as like a little jet pack along with the pick you're trading. So you're going to trade like the 18th pick and this established player and jet pack your way to like, the 12th pick because yes. there's a guy there that you need. It's Which, not just one. I need that guy. Yes. And trading up is almost always a failure. Trading down is almost always a victory. Yep. General consensus. We're aware of that. So if but, the Rangers but, were to the Ranger go fans, into panic all the, mode, all the Ranger fans want to talk about Connor's trading up. Obviously. But that's all they we, want. We, we want and we need, right? There's two Meanwhile, different I want to know if Norway has a king. Yeah, I know. want to know. How much money does it take to set up a hog race? I'm going to propose to you a question while I look up uh, Norway's uh, political structure and governmental structure. Calgary probably wants to move into the first round. Okay. Let's say the Rangers can package a first round pick and a Matt Zuccarello. Something along those lines. A hypothetical. Would you be in favor of that to try and snag one of those Calgary D? And if so... Who can you get with what package that you'd be willing to send? Well, the name we've heard a lot about is Dougie Hamilton. Um, and he's certainly a guy to be excited about. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I want... The trading Zuccarello thing is so tricky to me because when when we look at the history of what we've seen, uh, particularly particularly in like the modern game and you know trades in the last, I'll say, the last 10 to 15 years are radically different from trades that we saw, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really when you look at trades from the last five years or so, in terms of like recent history, you just, you don't see moves like that happen. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I teams are so safe now. They're so boring. Yeah, there, there's, yeah, there's, there's the Stefan trade was that. I mean, that was that was a that was blockbuster that was stuff. Thrilling. Yeah, it just that stuff just doesn't really happen all that, that was often. A, that was a backup, you know, fringe backup starter goalie for a prospect, you know, that has a history of not performing so far and having attitude issues. I'm like, you know, a pretty good number two center who's making a lot of money. You hear that, folks? Connor Murphy. Number two center. One of those people calling Stefan straight up a number two center. He's fine. He's a borderline. He's he's a a rise out line between a one and a two. Now in his career. He was a one. Now in his career. More toward a two. He doesn't even have hair left. Why do you have to say these things? He has lost a lot. I wonder what King Harold V, who has reigned for 17 years, would say about that. He happens to be the monarch of Norway, Michael. Of Norway. Of Norway. Well, I think we covered everything. His crown prince is Hakon, Hakon. his only son. Uh, forgive me if that's not pronounced correctly, but H double A K O N. See, I would have like Hakon Lube. I would have thought it was an H A K K O N. No, that's why I held the ah. Ah, yeah. I was trying to close out the show, and you just you just monkey wrenched me. Anyway, um, yeah, I think we covered everything we wanted to, and a little bit more, including uh, some some monarchy. Yeah. Uh, an update on the Norwegian monarchy situation. I we come away from this thinking not a great outcome for the Rangers. Uh, no, nope. the ninth spot is not where you want to be when your best chance was at eight and you're kind of projected to land at eight. Uh, not not great. Uh, with that being said, there's this is still a very good draft. There's still a chance to get some great players, but I can already feel now in my bosom. The imagine ifs and why not and what ifs. Of course, um, but those always come, so it's nothing to be surprised about. Any yeah. any uh, parting words? Uh, obviously disappointing, but not a not a game breaker. The Rangers still have a lot of assets, and there are going to be changes to this Rangers team. Uh, this, this outcome is just one more step in the Rangers trying to figure out what they're going to be. Yeah. In the next couple of years, especially if this, if I, if those were like the, the the words on your deathbed, you wouldn't have been able to get all this out. No, but I'm getting. I'm, uh, there's a culmination here, Michael, and there's a summation to all this as well, which is a disappointing night. I would have but, thought but, you, would, you would have said like you loved me after that interruption. Absolutely not. Well, folks, uh, it's been it's been a podcast. Uh, you can find. <laughs> I didn't even get my final thoughts out. <laughs> I don't need you to anymore. Uh, this this brotherhood, this brothership is over. Brothership. Brothership. That's, that's, I like that's that. the name of the show. That's not the brothership. <laughs> blow, it uh, blow it up. Uh, you can find Connor on Twitter at, at CAMurphy91. That's right. He currently writes over at the Ice Garden, which is SB Nation's home of women's hockey. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at, at DigDeepBSB. I'm sure I'm supposed to read all the Patreon names or the patron names. Uh, I'm not going to do that because I don't have it up. And uh, thanks I'm for a funky fresh sixty nine, uh, Wizard Howard. I remember a couple names. Arch. You got, no, you got to go all or nothing. Well, I already said Arch Williams. Right. Well, Arch, that's your name drop. Thanks for contributing to the page. Igor Zaslavsky. I remember that. That's a good one. Um, Grumpy Smoky. I remember Grumpy Smoky. Carl the Sixteenth Gustav, who is the current monarch of Sweden. I don't think he's a patron, but. I hope he's doing well. All right. I hope, he, uh, I hope he's doing great. Well, anyway. is that about closing out the show? Yep. All right, so picking number nine. Yep. Not feeling fine.
Pick a number nine. Life better shape. than picking dime. Better than picking dime for ten. It's a slant rhyme, but we'll take it. Slant rhyme. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Goodbye.